Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Kimberly Dillon. She is founder at Frigg, and Frigg is a beauty brand that is focused on plant-based products. And we're going to talk to her a little bit about what she's doing, the products she's launching, the brand she's developing. I'm interested in this mainly because I find one of the key areas around the whole world of cannabis and you know cannabis products is branding. And how do you develop really strong brands? I think that's really the next generation of the, the cannabis world. And so I'm fascinated by it. And I'm really interested in having this conversation of really finding people who are taking segments of the cannabis industry, developing really unique products, really specific brands for particular customers and market segments and uh, excited for the conversation. So with that, Kimberly, welcome to the program. I am so pumped to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's my pleasure. So why don't we talk a little bit about background and kind of history and like, how did you get into this? What was the decision to found Frig? I mean, give us the backstory and then we can talk about what you're doing and, and uh, hear about more about the launch and what your plans are. Yeah, it's a wild ride. So I actually got into cannabis around 2013 with a medical marriage marijuana card. I was living in Oakland working in Clorox on a the most dry kind of company you can imagine. <laughs> so from Clorox to cannabis. Yeah. 
And I just had a crippling anxiety. Like the more I got promoted after business school, the more anxious I got. And so yeah. it was my mother who was like, you know what? Com-? And historically, it's always been true. People have always told me to just chill out, <laughs> which is like an annoying trait uh, yeah, exactly. to have. And uh, my mother finally was like, I think you should try cannabis. She was in Colorado of all Interesting. places. Yeah. And it was her church group. Her church group was right next to one of the largest CBD, now CBD, white label manufacturers. But I guess they were doing like a NIMBY process where they had to get approval by the neighbors to start construction. So they took all the seniors, of which my mom was on, and I guess they gave her some goodies because she came back. (laughs) That is so funny. And was like, uh, cannabis. That is amazing. (laughs) So uh, that kind of gave me permission to explore. And so then I started using it in 2013. And then 2016, I was like, oh, this is amazing. This is going to be the next tech boom. When I worked at Clorox, the girl next to me started dating a guy named Travis who started Uber. So I watched (laughs) (laughs) that company kind of like start. So I had seen how like for two years, I had seen how like startups had worked. And I was like, man, Cannabis is going to be the next sort of like tech boom that I want to get in. So I actually joined an early stage startup called Papa and Barkley at the time. Uh At the time, it was I worked out of the master bedroom (laughs) (laughs) and we were growing downstairs and making products in a crock pot. And it was like a motley crew of people like, oh, boy. You know, one person had been in cannabis for decades. One person was like a banker. One person was a jewelerist. Another person was a dominatrix. The other person was like a soccer player. Like, it was so random. Every every company needs a dominatrix yeah. to get started. Uh, it was like really random. And so it was like just all hands on decks and uh, did everything. And so we just rotated. We were all just figuring things out and like, I remember my very first thing I needed to do was go to a cannabis cup in San Bernardino. And for those who don't know, PMB focuses on a lot of topicals and on the wellness side of the space and pain management. And so I was right next to a booth. There's all these hot chicks wearing pasties with these tassels (laughs) on them. And then our booth with like this melting pain balm. (laughs) And the booth next door was like free dabs. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is this is wow. not going to work, guys. We need wow. to really, and it wasn't, we weren't thinking of it in a wellness perspective at the time, but yeah. I was like, that was the event, it was the light bulb moment where I'm like, I cannot be going to sessions and thinking about cups and marketing this product to the traditional cannabis consumer. I yeah. need to think about how I can go after the senior community. I need to figure out the wellness community and so it's funny to fast forward now where cbd is everywhere and is like super saturated Mm -hmm. but at the time in 2016 i would use cbd even though i was talking about cannabis as like a soft way to convince someone to take us and we just got no's all the time every yoga studio every massage therapist every it was just a no ad agency would take us like nothing And why? Because it was, this is, it's weed and we don't want to get involved in weed. Exactly. Or they didn't know anything about it. And it had just gotten legal that year, 2016. And yeah, we would be at farmer's markets and people would be like, what do you mean there's weed in this jar? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, it was like such a great experience in the sense that I was really out in the field a lot. So I probably have talked 
to over 10 or 15,000 people about cannabis or CBD. I've rubbed it on their bodies. I've given it to all of your favorite presidential candidates and <laughs> actors. And like, really, it was a spirit of generosity of sharing knowledge and the power of this plant. And I think yeah. that was one of the reasons why I think the brand grew so fast. So in those first three years, I mean, we went from like zero to like 40 million in cash. And yeah. it was crazy to see that ride. And I launched over 40 SKUs. So I was the chief marketing officer there and led all of the marketing team and supported the sales team. And it was a wild ride. And then I left in the summer of 2019. So last year, Mm-hmm. I saw an opportunity to really dive into CBD, granted as a late player, but I was, I've always been fascinated by beauty. I was incredibly stressed out, <laughs> like mm-hmm. beyond, and I also felt like the conversation wasn't happening to people who look like me. So I'm African American, and I could not convince my family members to use any type of cannabis or CBD. <laughs> And it was, there was a lot of shame around it and stigma. My family is from the South. And so there's members who call it the devil's weed. And Uh, there's, I have, it's caused some rifts in my family against my Uh. mother and her sisters. And so around, around her use or around your use about being in the industry. And like, I think it was on a cover of a magazine and I was so, like, usually you, you want to tell your family, like, look at me, like, I'm, yeah. I'm amazing, I'm a success. And I was like, oh, my God, I hope my parents. And, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm 40, so, like, I don't care about their, like, uh, <laughs> you know. Or you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't. But, like, it was still this, like, vibe yeah. of, like, I just, it's close to Thanksgiving. I just want to keep this, like, on the low. Um, so anyway, it was like a mission of like, how do I have this conversation in a way that's fun and kind of sneaky in the sense that it's not cannabis forward. It happens to be an ingredient amongst a lot of other ingredients. Yeah. And then also unique use cases. So thinking about hair was something a lot of people weren't thinking about. So Frigg is really focused on the impacts of stress on your hair and skin. And what that means is stress and burnout and exhaustion can lead to hair loss. It also can cause flare-ups of psoriasis and eczema and rosacea. So those are the areas we're starting to learn, especially in this time, like stress impacts Mm -hmm. how you look. It just does. But the power of cannabis is that it can really help both the internal starts of stress and also the external results of stress. Mm. And so that is the motivation behind Frigg. Um, and also like thinking about diverse voices. So we don't appeal to just one ethnicity because I don't believe in swinging all the way to the left (laughs) per se, but like being inclusive of thinking about like what's the white space and who can we talk to. Yeah. And and how have you seen this market? I mean, you mentioned this a little bit in the beginning that it's like, you know, you were not going to be tailoring these products to the traditional kind of pot community. I mean, that this is you know, new segments, people new to cannabis or new to cannabis products. Was there, you know, a detailed analysis that you did around the different segments? And how how did you kind of land, you know, strategically on the segment that you really wanted to focus on? A couple different things. It was, I mean, beauty is an incredibly well-margined business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it really started from a financial perspective. Beauty even though like we're rooted in science and like really did the due diligence. I mean, at the end of the day, beauty is hope in a jar. So like there's a lot of fantasy to it. 
So I was, I've always been intrigued by the beauty space and it's also very recession proof at the end of the day, <laughs> like I'm never yeah. not going to buy lipstick. So those two were very interesting factors to me. And then this emerging sort of space of around wellness and within wellness and beauty, there's a lot of segments that are sort of at loss. If we think of wellness, we still kind of think of Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop, right? Mm-hmm. We still think of like a very white, suburban, wealthy woman. And there's a lot of segments of all ethnicities and ages and incomes that also need to be well. Yeah. So there, it just seemed like... I think all of them. (laughs) I think all the segments need to be well, but yeah. Didn't we learn that in COVID? It's like, as soon as your neighbor's (laughs) out, you're on the fence too, so... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It was kind of this mission to democratize plants because honestly... I had never really thought about myself in wellness until cannabis. I was cannabis was a gateway to other plants for me mm-hmm. and I would have never I would have written it off as like that's just a bougie rich people type thing to do an Arawaska huh. trip in Costa Rica until you do one. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, my God, oh, everyone works. should do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, interesting. I'm kind of curious, as you know, you, you've had significant experience in cannabis prior to founding Frig, what were the things that you were able to kind of directly leverage from your previous experience? And then what were the things that kind of came up that were new or kind of new challenges for you in terms of, you know, in, in launching a brand and in developing a new set of products? What things did you have to kind of learn in the new role and what things could you leverage from previous experience? I mean, I think... One is understanding, like, I pride myself on, like, really understanding the science and not, like, the 101, but, like, really working with researchers and understanding, like, where we're skating to. Mm -hmm. And so that's not just using other cannabinoids, which we do. We don't just use CBD. We're Mm -hmm. actually trying to use the whole plant in lots of interesting ways from like its plastics to exfoliants in scrubs to even Mm -hmm. using the water runoff in some of our formulations. Interesting. So just being a real steward of the plant and that came from cannabis and such a passionate set of farmers that I've worked with. Yeah. And we actually found some interesting counter indications of things that like THC and CBD actually can inhibit some um, beauty-related activities that are less than desirable. I won't share them here, but like when I found out, I was like, I'm never smoking again. How conclusive is this? Interesting. But so it's been interesting to understand, like when you go in for a function, like hair loss per se, Mm -hmm. or dark circles or hyperpigmentation, different terpenes and different cannabinoids and the dosing amount really can impact the outcome. So it really was truly merging the science of cannabinoids with great formulation and formulators who are really great in beauty. And so that's been interesting because those aren't the same people and they don't often exist in the same organization (laughs) currently. So the people with the most science are not also working on the best eye cream currently. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's an opportunity to connect some things that hadn't been connected before. So there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of learning there. And I think some of our initial contract manufacturers would make products and then they would add the CBD later. And then, when we tested it, it didn't work. So like, it's not just about adding CBD to 
existing formulas. So I really learned that from my previous experience and also how to be cautious around regulation, to be flexible and and just operating principles of backup accounts for everything and understanding flexible packaging. We still don't know how the FDA is going to come down on ingestible. So I'm Mm -hmm. not going to order 25,000 units of packaging. So those types of things and how to navigate uncertainty and where to take risk, right? Like if I was comfortable slinging cannabis in 2016, I'm comfortable slinging some CBD tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to take risk in this business and, and uh, you know, not all the rules are going to be in your favor or, you know, follow to the TTT. And then things that I've learned is, you know, in cannabis, like you're competing with other cannabis brands. And you mm-hmm. really are set, like, I'm the best option if you're looking for cannabis. In CBD, I'm competing with whatever other category they're looking for. And very rarely are they looking for, like, CBD implicitly. So if they're looking for a water, you're competing with a number of other waters. If they're looking for a moisturizer, they're looking, they're not necessarily like, I want a CBD moisturizer. They're like, I want the best moisturizer. So I'm not competing with just CBD brands, I'm competing with what they're already using. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and other things around the market that address the same issues, right. whether or not it has CBD. Yeah. Right. And so it makes it a little bit more challenging in the sense that like, you can't say a lot of things because now you're in this other hyper-regulated market in a different way. So people are confused of like, why should I buy this? Versus in the cannabis side, it's like, Beyond topicals, but it's really more like, because I would like to get high. (laughs) And there's not an alternative to that, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's a different use case in lots of ways. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, do you see yourself as a cannabis brand or as a beauty brand? You know, I see myself in both because... It's hard to define in the sense that my hero plant is definitely the cannabis plant and bringing that type of passion and awareness. But I've had to develop an appreciation for all of the other ingredients that are in the formulas. But if I had to pick a defining word, I would actually call it wellness versus beauty. Oh, interesting. In the sense that beauty to me like evokes kind of like I want to look good and that's the goal. And I'm more of, I want to help you be well in the sense of if you're suffering from hair loss, there's something causing that. If you're having hormonal acne, like what is the root of that problem? (laughs) And really making the connection between your ECS system and like when things are being thrown off whack. And so for me, that's very much rooted in well-being more Mm -hmm. than in beauty. More than beauty. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about the formulations, how you kind of came up with, you know, the product, both from uh, what's in it and, and how does it work and what does it do for somebody, as well as kind of the brand and, you know, the, the more uh, kind of emotional side of, of what you've built. Well, from the brand perspective, I think the brand name has a fun story behind it. And it's kind of unusual, our packaging. There were some pretty high up mentors who were kind of against it because <laughs> mm, uh, they had never actually seen 
something like that. And then I also had a very prominent cannabis lawyer say, oh, you know, it's kind of against Christianity, even though I consider myself Christian and didn't take it that seriously. So Frigg is a Viking goddess. But mm-hmm. most importantly, if you are a comic book fan like I am, she is Thor's mom. And so okay. Thor is my favorite character in Marvel. And uh-huh. in the movies, Frigg is played by Renee Russo. Ah, interesting. Frigg, and so really what happened was I was watching the Thor movie and I thought it was interesting, like, who birthed these superheroes? Uh (laughs) Like, where do they come from? And I went down a K-hole of like, how come we don't talk about their parents or their origin stories? They always just seem like fully formed (laughs) superheroes. But like, how are they raised? And so then I was like, let me research Frigg because she was in the movie. And when I was doing this deep dive... What was interesting was that there were, in Viking society, in real life, a group of women who worshipped her with cannabis and other oh. botanicals. And I was wow. like, this is wild. I'm buying the domain name instantly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so that was about two years ago. And so the Viking women are some of the earliest archaeological evidence of women using cannabis which kind of makes sense in some ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that became sort of this inspiration of empowering yourself. She's the goddess of intuition and wisdom. And so it's this plant wisdom and also slightly ancestral, because if you think about wellness, like it's a huge industry and it's very shiny, but like at the end of the day, it's stuff that people have been doing for thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? <ancient> practices. <laughs> Like, this is not new stuff. Like, no one's inventing tongue scraping or coconut oil or any of this stuff. We're just rediscovering or perhaps sometimes negatively colonizing. So um, I wanted to sort of play into that ancestral energy, and I wanted something luxe but accessible and really like you were taking care of yourself in a very real way. And then Mm -hmm. as it related to products... We spent a lot of time really understanding the dosing of what cannabinoids and terpenes are we going to use, but it started with a problem. So I would go in and say, hey, I'm really interested in hair loss and dandruff. I'm really interested in rosacea. What are the known sort of like clinically tested ingredients for these issues? And then how can we layer in cannabinoids and terpenes to do that while also being vegan and as organic as possible? So it really started as um, a research study where we were pulling 50 to 60 research papers on every ingredient in our formulations. So Mm -hmm. it's pretty academic. Yeah. And what were the, um, I mean, in terms of getting the products made, finding, you know, raw materials, finding formulator. I mean, how did you approach that whole process? What did you learn? What was the experience like? Yeah, it was interesting because I was involved in the sort of like process while I was at PMB. And then I did consulting. I still do consulting uh, for the last year where I worked for a ton of other people's CBD brands. So it was kind of interesting where I really got to apprentice on other people's brands before getting to mine. So I pretty much knew who I wanted to work with pretty instantly. It was really more not they had the capabilities and the machinery to do what I wanted to do. But the only other layer of complexity is that I really wanted to be inclusive in my supply chain and and have partners that were either 
women are people of color, are just diverse geographically. So I am from the South, so I wanted to take that into consideration and not just go Oregon, Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, Did not land with a Southern provider at all, so there's that. Mm -hmm. But that was the motivation. So then I applied sort of like my social value criteria to all of our vendors. And, uh, you know, I would say about 60% of them worked. (laughs) And, okay. you know, a 40%. And were you happy with that? I mean, what's it? You know, what was lucky is that I got to go be part of a beauty accelerator that ended with the pitch day with Sephora and Ulta. And we were up against other beauty brands. And uh, it seems to be a common practice that, you know, your manufacturers can't necessarily deliver or things change pretty easily. Mm-hmm. QA is such an important thing. And so I think one of the things I actually took from my time on the cannabis side was the rigorous testing and how many mm-hmm. times we failed testing and the investigation of that and knowing that sometimes it wasn't even the cannabis, but it would be something like lavender that would throw off formulations. Mm-hmm. And I do not think, unfortunately, and this is what's scary, is that same level of testing happened in the non-cannabis market. Like, I am shocked I've sent formulas that I've gotten from my co-packer, regardless of CBD, and like even things like olive oil, it was not olive oil. (laughs) (laughs) Like Uh, a lot of beauty products, and especially if you work with like a supplement manufacturer, it's a lot of fillers. It's a lot of like mystery. And so because I was testing for the CBD all the way through the process, it was revealing like, wait a second. I sent this non-CBD sample and it has a lot of lead in it. What's happening? Mm. (laughs) So I think actually I was more rigorous than what a lot of these co-packers were used to only because I was scared from Mm -hmm. my cannabis times. Yeah, interesting. So it kind of, there was a over-indexing on on the quality side. Yeah, because at the end of the day, what is in your protein powder? You really don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You don't. Uh, I, uh, well, now, now I want to know. But, uh, yeah. So, and, you know, in, in terms of as you've kind of, you know, launched the company and, you know, what are some of the challenges or what other things have come up as you've got uh, now product, you're kind of, you know, into the market. What What is the next stage? What are the things you're working on and, and what are the challenges that are coming up? Well, it's building brand awareness. And, you know, we already had our first, like, did Instagram shut us down scare on Thursday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so how to build that awareness in a very competitive market yeah. and show a unique point of view because I think a lot of customers are either very skeptical of CBD or just confused. I actually think more confused than skeptics. I think journalists are very skeptic, (laughs) but I think consumers are just confused. (laughs) Um, And I think we're all trying to figure it out with distribution and banking and it's very discombobulating. But some of the things that I've been learning is Our challenges is, one, building brand awareness, although there's some unique opportunities out there. And then second, um, really, is distribution and scaling. And it's the choice between DTC, which obviously, better margin, our retail partner that can do, build, I mean, brand awareness for you. However, you know, again, like, you're fighting in the California or the cannabis market to get your bud tenders to care about you while they're working in a cannabis store 
now you have to get a salesperson to care about your CBD product in a non-CBD store. Yeah. <laughs> and so how you incent them and educate them and get them excited, because I think what we've learned is CBD on shelf doesn't move. It needs a lot of education or sizzle or some type of advocate behind it to kind mm-hmm. of get that velocity of turn, which means an engaged retailer or an engaged salesperson. Otherwise, what drives the category is word of mouth. But word of mouth is hard to scale. Yeah, yeah. And where do you want to be in a couple of years? I mean, if things go well, you're able to get that traction. Where, where do you take the brand? Where do you take the products? I would love to be international, and I'm cannabinoid agnostic, so I would love to also jump back to the THC side mm-hmm. or whatever cannabinoids make sense. And for me, the pillar is the impacts of stress. And so we started with hair and skin, but that doesn't mean we couldn't go after women's health or sex or other categories as mm-hmm. it relates to stressful moments and, and the impacts of that. I think there's a lot to be said on the ingestible side as well. So really building a cross-category brand, which is pretty ambitious, <laughs> but cross-category and international are the visions. Yeah. Kimberly, this has been great. If, if people want to find out more about you, about Frig, what's the best way to get that information? Yes, please follow us on Instagram at GetFrig or go to our website at GetFrig.com. We have a fun video series all around the power of CBD and cannabis, really, actually, stress and beauty. And then you can follow me at Kimberly K. Dillon on Instagram as well. I share a lot of behind-the-scenes stories of how I'm building the brand from what printer I use to what's stressing me out, etc. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in seeing how a brand is being built, uh, I do talk a lot on my own personal Instagram. Excellent. I'll make sure that uh, the handles and the URL is in the show notes so people can get that information. Kimberly, thank you so much for time today. It was really a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.